I'm really following on from how I felt when I came back from sabbatical, getting to know Jesus better. That's, that's the key in all of this, getting to know Jesus better. Um, and so the Beatitudes, um, if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 5, you'll find it there. Um, like I say, this is the first time, <clears throat> really, we hear, uh, well, in Matthew's Gospel, it's the first kind of really big sermon, if you like, big block of teaching. There's five blocks of teaching in Matthew that, that, that Jesus gives, big, uh, large blocks of teaching. This is the first one. And the Beatitudes, they all start with, blessed are the, and then it gives a, blessed are the, different people. Or that could also be translated, happy are those who. And I've heard some people talk about these, rather than the Beatitudes, these are the happy attitudes. Yeah, a little bit of a tongue twister, but if you remember it like that, these are the happy attitudes. Um, and I'm going to read um, them out to you now. So this is the beginning of chapter 5. It says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we'll leave it there for today. So you've got Jesus... He's drawn a crowd, which is surprising because when you think about it, he says things like, um, you know, as we just I recounted in John's Gospel, where, you know, unless you eat my flesh and blood, you know, you can have no part of me. That's not really the kind of thing that draws a crowd. But nevertheless, the crowds are, are coming to him because he is teaching with authority, because he is doing miraculous signs, because there's something about him. And people realize that, so they gather to him. But he goes up onto the mountainside, and if you notice, he actually doesn't speak to the crowd in this instance. He just speaks to the disciples. The disciples gather to him, and he teaches them, the disciples. So they have this intimate, face-to-face teaching from Jesus. Um, And I want you to put yourself in that place, that you're listening to Jesus face-to-face as you hear these words today. Not my words, but his words. And let's just read that first one again, because we're going to be looking at verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it slightly differently. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now this is the opening line of his big message. And if you like, this sets the tone for everything Jesus is about. And so my question this morning is, are you poor in spirit? Are you poor in spirit? What does that mean? You see, the thing is about Jesus, and we find this as he, as he goes along, is he's really not concerned at all with the show-offs. You know, you know at school there are people who like to show off. Does that happen, Isabel? Yeah? yeah. Does that happen in your school, Ella? Yeah, are you that person? No, okay. That's it. I think it's more likely to be daddy, actually. You know, Jesus is not concerned with the big shots. You know, the kind of, look at me's. He's not looking uh, or concerned with the, the self-sufficiency. Or the, look how good I am. Or the, I can do this, look at me. 
or the I have it all already's, or the I'm very holy, or the I'm okay as I am, I'm fine, thanks very much. The people we would probably call rich in spirit. He's not concerned with those things. Jesus isn't impressed with designer clothes, high salaries, social status, a tidy garden, a tidy living room, you know, a sorted life, a perfect family, church attendance. Yeah? I don't think I find Jesus saying anything about those things that are to be commended, you know? Actually, he says, and as you, as you read about him, you see that Jesus, he's for the lowly. He's for the empty. He's for the people that say, I've got to the end of my tether, I've got to the end of my rope, and I've got nowhere else to go. The humble, the have-nots, the poor, those who are reduced to the very minimum, or we might call it poor in spirit. And I want us to think about this because this isn't just for the people that we might find living on the street or, you know, people who Daniel deals with through the, the cap debt center. isn't just for those people. This is for everybody. He's talk- Jesus is talking to the disciples here. This is for us too. Poverty of spirit, and get this, poverty of spirit is something to be aimed for. A bit weird. So ask that question of yourself. Am I poor in spirit? Am I poor in spirit? Because it says here, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, Jesus turns it all upside down right from the beginning. This is not the way the world thinks, is it? Poverty of anything is really regarded as a negative in, in our world, right? You know, we think of poverty, that's a negative thing, but not with Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In Luke, he says, blessed are the poor. He doesn't even put it in spirit. Blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you see, we might think that Jesus, you know, he's all about heaven. You know, that, that's the kind of one of the big things we think about. You know, the, the good news is that Jesus um, enables us to go to heaven when we die. But listen to his words. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That kind of talks to me about right now. Right now. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In fact, earlier in Matthew chapter 4, you'll have heard Jesus say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is where? Near. Right now it's near. It's not over there or at the end of our lives when we die or whatever. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is here. So this isn't a distant, far-off hope. This is a living reality. He's talking about here and now. Happy are those who know that they have the kingdom of heaven now. Those who are poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is for the poor, not the rich, for the feeble, not the mighty, for those humble enough to accept it rather than those who think they, in their own strength they can try and get it. And that's not how the world thinks. But actually, we're not talking about the world, are we? We're talking about heaven. We've got to get into a heavenly way of thinking. See, the world thinks, if I'm good enough, if I'm great enough, if I'm strong enough, if I'm smart enough, if I work hard enough, I will attain. I will achieve, I will get. Every other religious system in the world works like this. You have to be what? Good enough, don't you? Wherever that is. I mean, I don't know how we... Nobody's really explained to me in any other religion how you work that out. But it's, have I done enough? 
Have I made myself holy enough? Have I prayed enough prayers? Have I helped enough old ladies across the road? Have I, you know, whatever the thing is. But Jesus said, those who are empty, those who don't rely on their own self, those who don't trust in their own effort or their own work, those will inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. See, with Jesus, heaven isn't a reward for the achievement of our works, but heaven is a gift from God for those who are empty. And if you think about it, and I think we'll probably see this in all the Beatitudes, that actually these Beatitudes talk about Jesus. Because who is Jesus? He's he not the one who had everything in heaven, but emptied himself and became nothing, an even servant, obedient to death on the cross. And then what happens? What does God do? He exalts him to the highest place. So who is Jesus? He is one who emptied himself, who then received the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus is saying, this is me, I want it to be you too. If you're poor in spirit, then you will receive the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I ask you again, are you poor in spirit? Are you poor in spirit? What does that mean? Well, actually, literally it means to be reduced to beggary, to become like a beggar. The word means to be like a very empty one. There's an implication of being crouched over like a beggar, who have, have nothing in themselves. A real inner poverty it's describing here. Which doesn't sound very attractive, does it? No. <laughs> we don't aim to be empty. But the way Jesus sees it, this is a beautiful thing. We put it this way, poor in spirit means those who live without the need for their own righteousness. If you meet those kind of people, they're very free. I was talking to Anu, actually, yesterday. We went to see John Anu. And I hadn't thought of this, but this just fits in perfectly. Because I said to them, um, what, if there was one thing, if you went back to India today, what would be the one thing you would miss about India? And I was saying, you know, when I was in the Philippines, I was just craving a packet of ready-salted Walter's crisps. You know, that was the kind of thing I was missing. So there's, that's, that speaks of me, doesn't it? You know, I mean, the food is great, by the way, but it's just, you know, I just want to, I like my crisps. And I thought, I wonder, you know, they'll probably say something like um, fish and chips, you know. <laughs> That's just me thinking. You know, John said, the traffic rules. So for him, the, the thing in India that he would miss about in England would be just the orderliness and the organization. And Anu said, and this was profound, she said, the lack of competition. She said, because in India, it's always competitive. It's always, I've got a better car, or I've got a better house, or I've got a better husband, or I've got a better children, I've got better clothes, you know, to the point where she said somebody bought a, a new car because somebody was coming to visit just to show off, you know. It's so, and for her, it's, it was so freeing to come to this country and know that she doesn't have to live like that. And eternally, Jesus says, there is freedom for you because if you're poor in spirit, if you're not trying to strive to be that person or that thing or, or, or get that salary or get that job or get that or whatever that is, if you can actually just be at peace and say, I am who I am, empty before God, then you receive the kingdom of heaven. That's not to say you throw stuff away necessarily, but it's to say these things are not the important things. Empty, I come before God, 
to be filled by him. Those who have stopped relying on themselves, those who have got to their end of their own ability, those who no longer try and command their own destiny or path, and they've realised, I can't do this. I need God. They're the empty ones. Those are the ones that poor, who are poor in spirit. And those are the ones who receive the kingdom of heaven. So when we say, I say to you, are you poor in spirit? That sounds a bit offensive. You know, I mean, we tend to think, don't we? If I, you know, you meet somebody in the street, how are you doing? Are you poor in spirit? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. I'm fine, you know. I'm doing okay. You know, we move on. We're just our cultural way, isn't it? I'm fine, thanks. Fine, thanks. You, think, you know, they're limping. <laughs> you know, they've, somebody just died. And, uh, you, you know, the, the dog's just died or something. They're limping and, and they've, you know, uh, I don't know, nearly got run over by a bus. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's good with me. We don't like to admit it. But Jesus asked this morning, have you come to the end of yourself? Have you come to that point where you've got nothing else to offer? Are you completely empty? And part of us wants to shout, no, I'm actually I'm all right. Part of us wants to say, I can cope. Part of us wants to say, I've got it all under control. Part of us wants to say, I can manage, thank you very much. I will be all right. I've just got to be strong. Part of us wants to say that. And that's the way our world has conditioned us. But Jesus says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And so, to receive the kingdom of heaven, there needs to be us to be able to say, okay, I'm pretty empty. In fact, I am empty. In fact, I, I know I can't do this. I, I know that even if I was to get the car, there would be another car to get. Or if I was to achieve the, the results, there will be more results to get. Or if I was to get, win the lottery, the reason I was spending the money for those Northern Ireland people, we, we would, you know that couple who won a hundred million or whatever it was? The reason I would, going through it in their mind, how we would spend that money the other day. But you know, when you win a hundred million, you can always win two hundred million and it, it carries on, doesn't it? But actually it is, when we get to that point, we realize, I, I can't do this. That's where Jesus says, great. Blessed are you. John Calvin, who's a, a reforming theologian from, I can't remember how long ago, I can't remember exactly his dates, but he said, he only who is reduced to nothing in himself and relies on the mercy of God is poor in spirit. And it is those who receive the kingdom of heaven. So I'm not saying that Jesus calls us, he, just hear me out though, I'm not saying Jesus calls us to be pathetic and whingy and say, oh, woe is me, I, I can't do anything, no. You know, like a helpless person. Those kind of people drain the life out of you, actually. I don't know if you've been around. You know, they're, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. Oh, woe is me. Actually, Jesus is encouraging us to be the exact opposite. He's saying, happy are you when you are poor in spirit. So if you're poor in spirit, be happy. Because yours is the kingdom of heaven. Rejoice. Because you've found the end of yourself. You've realized that I can't do all of this. I can't achieve this. I can't get to that level. I can't keep as fit as I am. I, I, you know, I'm riding my bike. Chris and I went out for a bike ride on uh, New Year's morning. And I think we're both kind of realizing that um, we're getting older. We can't keep getting fitter. <laughs> you know, we can keep our fitness up, but it gets to a point where you just can't keep getting fitter and fitter. You know, we're not going to win the Tour de France this year. No. Um, and it's never going to happen now, I'm afraid. Maybe Josh and Dan, you've got the opportunity, but there will get a point where you're going to... And I'm, I'm being really optimistic now. We're going to get to the end of, you know, 
But that's the point where we say, I've reached the end of myself and I rejoice in that because now I can receive God's mercy and the kingdom of heaven is mine. So this is a, this is a happy thing. This is a letting go of me and allowing God. And in the letting of go of me, I find a poverty of spirit, I find an emptiness where the kingdom of heaven can step in. So happy and blessed are you. I can't in me, but I can. You know, there's that verse, isn't it? It's one of Ella's favorite verses, I think. You know, it's, it's not about, oh, I can't do it. But it's actually saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah? I can't, but I can through him. So, poverty of spirit is a positive thing in Jesus' world, and it's the starting point from where he starts to speak. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I'm just going to finish off by giving you a couple of... This is what really normally probably happens to us. We will probably fluctuate from one of two positions. We probably have either confidence in our own abilities, um, like at the beginning of a bike ride, and then at the end of the bike ride, we realize we don't have the confidence in our own abilities, and we end up in this kind of a depressed state where we think, oh, I can't do anything. And actually, neither of those things is where Jesus wants us to be. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He does want us to be poor in spirit, but he does want us to be happy or blessed. See, when our confidence is in ourselves, because we have that from time to time, I can do this, I can do this, we aim to be the best, there's always a stress of us having to do that or having to be to achieve. There's always a pressure on us to go further. So there's good news for these people, you don't have to anymore. Happiness comes from laying down what you think you can or can't do and allowing God to bring a gift of the kingdom of heaven. So that's not me saying I'm giving up on what I can do, but it's actually surrendering back to, to God and saying, I need your help. Even in the things I can do, I need your help. And for thus, when we, so that's one when we're confident, but then when we get to that place where we think, oh, I can't do anything, because how many people who get to that point where they just think, oh, I've just woke up this morning and everything has gone wrong? <laughs> you know? But actually, God doesn't want you to be depressed in your emptiness, but actually, He wants you to be happy in that emptiness because you've received the fullness of Him. So when we think we're worthless and have nothing, we're the very people that Jesus talks about here and he speaks to us, happy are you, blessed are you. And we won't know that unless we know the words of Jesus. So it's good news. Empty yourselves of your striving. Empty yourselves of what you can do. Rely on the mercy of God and know the blessedness, know the happy attitudeness of knowing that the kingdom of heaven is yours forever. And to put this in some kind of practice, you know, I've spoken about the Jesus prayer. Am I is this starting to ring bells now? The, the Jesus prayer, which is, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. It's just a simple prayer you can pray throughout the day. If you think about it, this, and, and I, I'm learning to grow in this, but there are things and times where I just feel as though I need your help. Like, literally, I have nothing to offer here, so I need your help. So, what do I do? I pray that prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy. And the mercy of God come into this situation. And then there is a happiness in me because I know they received the kingdom of heaven and, and we move on. But then there are also things where I know I can actually do this, 
but really I should be doing this in you. So for instance, I'm actually pretty good, I'll say this, I'm pretty good at standing up in front of people. Some people hate it, but I like standing up in front of people. You know, I'm a performer, I'm a musician, so give me a crowd, I like to stand up in front of them. Some people go, give me a crowd, I like to run away from it, but I'm the opposite of that. I like the crowd, as long as you keep your distance. Um, so in those instances, even more so, I need to learn to be poor in spirit. Because otherwise you've got me, and you haven't got God talking to you. You know, Otherwise it's just Richard talking rather than Richard preaching with the power of the Spirit. See, so in those instances, I still need to pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, because I don't want to be doing this in me. I want to be doing this in him. Do you see? So that it works both ways. And in, in all of that, we can learn to be poor in spirit, even in the things we're good at. Yeah? So, um, I'm just trying to think now. You know, Daniel, is, is, he's a teacher. And in fact, you've noticed that. He's, he's also good in front of a crowd. <laughs> as well, but even in his gift in that, he needs to say, have mercy on me, because I don't want to do, I don't know he would do, uh, but not in my strength, but in your strength, Lord. Yeah? Um, you know, Louise is very creative, and, and you can get quite proud in that, but actually, in all of that, she needs to say, okay, I'm not going to do this in my strength, Lord have mercy, I'm going to empty myself, come bring that blessedness of being empty so that your spirit can work through me. Some of us feel as though we can't do anything about anything, but that's great as well. So just pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, and allow that, that freedom of being empty so that he can bring your happiness to you and the kingdom of God to you. So I'll ask you one final time, are you poor in spirit? Well, let's aim to be. I think there's a lot of work, with, there's some work in us, all of us, but, but yeah, it's okay to be able to say yes to it. You know, we, I think sometimes, mm, is that me? It's okay, because Jesus says, blessed are you, happy are you, if you're poor in spirit, because yours is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. The rule of God. The power of God. Not just at the end of our days, but even now. Because the kingdom of heaven is, as we've just said earlier, near. Now and forever. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your challenging words. We thank you for these words which are strange to us, really. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It doesn't make any sense, really, if we think, it's, think about it from our perspective. But I thank you from your perspective. There is the power of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, that comes to those who are empty and have come to the end of themselves. And so let us know that happiness, that happy attitude, that blessedness that you bring to those who have reached the end of themselves and now have found God. I pray in every area of our lives, help us to learn how to live in that openness and emptiness to you, to be humble before you and say, Lord, we need your mercy. In the things we can't do and the things we can do, let us have your mercy and your strength. Not us, but you. As John the Baptist said, you must increase and I must decrease. Let that be true in our lives. And as we do that, let us be happier and happier and more blessed and more blessed as we see the kingdom of God at work in our lives. I pray particularly uh, for those of us who feel that we can't or we're in a position where we are empty and we have got nothing else to offer in ourselves. Let that 
kingdom of heaven come to them now and let them know the blessedness and the happiness of that. And I pray for us where there are things we think, oh, well, I can do this, I can handle this, that's great, but let us do that in your strength and not our own. So let us be empty even in the things we can do so we can, you can fill us up and, and bring blessing to us and the power of heaven in those areas of our lives too. In everything, we trust in you and are grateful for the kingdom of heaven, eternal life here and now. Let us live in the fullness of it and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ezra. It's very Pentecostal amen over there, yes. Um, yeah, so if somebody says to you, are you poor in spirit? Sometimes, <laughs> Don't just say, I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> Bless you. Well, the next week, I did have these memorized. There's eight Beatitudes, did you know that? Next week will be those who mourn. Okay. Happy are those who mourn. See, there's another contradiction, it seems. Well, we'll look into that next week.